Industry Under Pressure. Innovation in its finest hour. This is the Oil & Gas Technology Podcast, where sharp minds reveal the brilliance and sheer determination turning great ideas into new realities. Hear about how it happens in real life with your host, Michael O'Sullivan. The views of the host are expressly his own and should not be construed as the views of any other corporation, consortium, governing body, or interplanetary federation. All right, folks, I have here on my trusty iPad Pro a website. This is the, um, this is the website for, wait a second, hold on, I got to rearrange things. This goes here, this goes here, and oh yeah, got to turn all the knobs on. Ah, there we go. All right, now I'm ready. This is the website for um, something called, now I, I feel like I should know who this is, but I don't, it's not ringing a bell. The International Association of Oil and Gas Producers, the IOGP. Wait a second. There should be an A in there. Well, it's the IOGP, IOGP, which is the International Association of Oil and Gas. I guess the A, the association just did not. They said we need a we need a four letter abbreviation, so we're going with IOGP. Anyway. Um, I don't. I don't know anything about where these guys are from, or what they do. Uh, there's a lot of stuff here. Uh, but on their website, um, there's a section under technical expertise. There are many sections under technical technical. Ooh, easy for me to say. Technical expertise, uh, and one of them is Metocean. M e t o c e a n. I guess it's. I guess that's how you say it. Met Metocean. Uh, now, for those of you who are wondering. What is that? Because it's not something, um, unless you really work, I, I would guess, unless you work with offshore teams a lot, especially um, in, uh, in development, you, you maybe don't hear about this so much. But uh, let's see if I scroll down here. And understanding, this is what they say about MedOcean. Med um, okay, so it is a, uh, what do you call that when you put two words together uh, and it makes a new word? Uh, I don't know. It'll come to me in a minute, but um, uh, it's it's applied meteorology and oceanography uh, combined together in whatever whatever those things are that I can't think of the name of. Uh, so met so I guess it's I guess you say met ocean even because that's how it looks. But meteorology and oceanar oceanography would tend to say meat ocean, but but. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody wants to go swimming in the meat ocean. So I'm going to say met ocean. Um, it says that it is essential for the safe and efficient design and operation of offshore installations, offshore installations, which by the way, folks, um, you know, oil uh, platforms are not the only offshore installation anymore. We got, we got wind installations out there. And so the wind people, the people who are uh, investing countless dollars since developing those offshore wind farms. Don't forget to include your friends from oil and gas on how to do this mad ocean stuff, or you might be in trouble. It covers the study primarily, primarily covers the study of wind, wave, current, and tidal conditions at the location of the installation. However, other parameters, uh, they can, so it can also look at air and sea temperature, visibility, ice conditions, blah, 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 um, just depending on the location and the time. Now, I, I um, the first time I heard about somebody uh, working in this 
field in this discipline, I guess you could call it, uh, was, man, I don't know, 15 years ago, something like that. And it was a friend of a friend. And, uh, and I knew he worked for, he worked for ExxonMobil. Um, and what was his name? His name was Gene Barrick, Eugene Barrick. So, so Gene, if you're out there listening, here's to you. Um, and uh, I remember uh, I asked him, I said, well, so what do you do at ExxonMobil? And he said, well, and this was shortly, this was not long after ExxonMobil became ExxonMobil and wasn't, I think he was previously a mobile guy. And um, you know how those culture things go when you throw companies together. And so I, I so, you know, he was uh, trying to get used to the new thing. And I said, well, what do you do exactly? And he, and he explained it and it sounded kind of like this. And, um, I was like, huh, I guess that makes sense. And so my friend, who was the friend that he was a friend of, who's a geologist, he said, well, basically he's like an underwater weatherman. And I was like, oh, of course, now I understand it. An underwater weatherman. And, um, and this is, really, this is really important. This is where we get this concept of weather windows, which, um, is, um, you know, kind of. I guess it's kind of self-explanatory. Um, if you're working on constructing one of these things, uh, or or whatever you know, whatever stage of the process you're in, um, you, you got to know when the good weather windows are. Uh, I, I believe the weather windows are the, are the times when it's safe to do things, and outside the weather windows is when you want to shut down. Um, but but I'm getting out of my depth. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I couldn't. That was that one was just right there. I had to go for it. All right, now what? What does this have to do with today's episode? Uh, I know your mind is racing, but first, you know what? There is no but first, because I'm sure that anything that I was that I would say right here, I've probably said already. You've probably already heard it. So let's just move it along. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm OGG and welcome to Tristam Horn. And we are here in, uh, I, I'm here, I don't know where all of you are, but I'm here in, uh, in the remote configuration with Tristam Horn, who is uh, beaming in from warm, sunny Aberdeen, Scotland. That's right. It is today. So it, is it? And, um, and also, I have, to, I have to note that um, it's, it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon for me here in, in Houston, Texas. So I, that means it's, what, uh, is it 9 p.m. for you or is it 10 p.m.? I always lose track of the... Uh, the daylight savings. Yeah, me too. But I can vouch uh, affirmatively. It's nine p.m. <laughs> okay, it's good. So we've settled what time it is. Um, <laughs> so anyway, Tristan, thanks for giving up part of your evening uh, to be on the show. Appreciate it. And and this is one of those times when. Uh, so sometimes I do a show, um, and you know the person like the person that I'm talking to, I already know a little bit about them, or you know we've known each other in the past and things. But for you. I, like we only just met like 45 seconds ago and I know almost nothing about you except that you were a petroleum engineer and now you've got this, uh, this technology company. So, um, so what, uh, so, so who are you and how did, and, and how did you get to where you are? Sure, Michael. Well, Bri- uh, briefly, hey. briefly, you don't look old enough for this to be a really long protracted thing, but just, you know, just, just on the, just, <laughs> so just the highlights. a date or a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, uh. That's good. I've got plenty of gray hairs coming through, though, because seven years in a technology uh, startup that'll that'll put some hairs on your chest. Uh, but, yeah. but but prior to prior to starting this uh, this business, Delta Tech, which I'm founder and CEO of, uh, like you say, my background was in industry, right? So um, I 
did my university degree, did my my master's in engineering, joined you know one of the the, the major operators in their uh, drilling and completions division, and became a drilling engineer. Right, so I went through their their graduate program. I uh, I was fortunate enough to spend some time actually down in the Gulf of Mexico. Um, yeah, yeah, really enjoyed Texas, really enjoyed Houston and uh, yeah. know, Louisiana and the like. So, yeah, I was grateful okay. for that, that yeah. education. It was, it was, yeah, second to none, right? You, the graduate schemes that you get at these sort of places, they, right, they uh, uh, give you everything that you could ask for as a, as an engineer in industry, right? So, yeah, yeah. So I was grateful for that. Um, I was there. Hopefully, it wasn't one of those. We we're here in the summer because a lot of times people complain. We were just talking about this before, but people complain about being here in the summer sometimes, <laughs> especially especially coming from sunny, tropical from the tropical climate in, of Aberdeen. I know that uh, it was probably a bit of an adjustment here. Yeah, well, I was uh, I was sort of tipping into to hurricane season. I was like late September was my first Houston trip, but uh, hey, it was oh, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of the end of hurricane season then, but but really, hurricane season is almost the, the whole year here. So it's hard to it's hard it's hard to miss. All right. So, um, but but you started out in, in Aberdeen. Are you from there originally? Because that, that's a big oil and gas town, right? I mean, that's uh, yeah. Yeah, they they call it the oil capital of Europe, but uh, I'm I'm actually uh, originally from England, so a little bit of a. Um, I was wondering because you sound like you're from yeah you sound like you're from from England but I didn't want to make yeah, that mistake yeah. in case it wasn't in case it was it wasn't the uh, case. You, yeah. you were you were on the money there, Michael. Don't you worry. But I uh, yeah so I was educated actually at Newcastle University right in the sort of northeast of England and uh-huh, my family's uh-huh. from Edinburgh so I kind of just carried on migrating back yeah. north of the border and ended yeah. up here in here in Aberdeen. So uh, but now I'm you know married to, to an Aberdonian uh, lady and we've got three kids. One's just about to be born. So. Um, Oh, yeah, okay. well, I'm yeah, yeah. I'm fully Aberdonian now, right? <laughs> yeah. I I didn't know that it was called Aberdonian, so that I just learned that that that's a is that did you make that up or is that really what they? Uh, what somebody they told me say? somebody told me that once. That so must be true. Aber- okay, fair enough. Um, uh, <laughs> so so you spent time here and you were you were a drilling engineer and I don't know where where are we in the story? Yeah, just, I, I guess I guess backdrop right as to kind of what I was pre this. So yeah, drilling engineer and you know I was witnessed to many, many a challenge during my time as a drilling engineer in terms of well construction activity, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was one of those kind of characters. I remember I remember uh, designing some work for an offshore team and uh, the offshore drilling supervisor said to me, Tristan, you must have been one of those really annoying kids that kept asking why, why, why? Because <laughs> uh, yeah. I had this sort of passion for you know, questioning the status quo is, you know, why are we doing it like that, guys? Like, I mean, right. surely it'd be better if we did it like this or like that. And Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, was, people in the oil and gas business love that. They love it when you do that, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Old school oil and gas guys, they're really happy when you come in. The only thing better is when you say, I have an idea. That's the, that's the only thing better. Yeah. I was pretty, pretty quickly persona non grata in that team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can see that. <laughs> so, so you survived it though. You survived. They didn't. They didn't chase you out of the industry. <laughs> not, not at that stage, but <laughs> but uh, I suppose, like, I mean, you know, and come 2015, you know, we had that that first major crash which I had seen uh, in the industry. Yeah, and. Everybody was talking about cost efficiency, new ways of working. So it didn't just sound like it was me chapping on that door. There was suddenly like a whole raft right. of individuals that were going, surely there's a better way of doing things. Yeah. Um, you know, my uh, my kind of passion for getting after it 
gave me the impetus to to jump and very naively I jumped uh, in between two redundancy rounds at my employer so I didn't even get a, a decent payout uh, I just <laughs> good. I just good work nice work yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah right That's, <laughs> <laughs> if you uh, if you were in the oil business in 2015 and and you didn't get a package. You really, you really, that's a swing and a miss. <laughs> right. You, you pick up, pick up a few yeah. lessons along the way. And that was a big one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Don't make that one again. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so I didn't end up with like a nice little golden, uh, goodbye. So I, I, you know, okay. I just had to kind of like, you know, get all of my right. savings together and, uh, you know, sort of cash in all my share options and whatnot and just, you know, and just go 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 all in on uh, on this technology concept, which um, ultimately has kind of grown into the business that it is today. So I'm kind of grateful f- for uh, for making that uh, or, or listening way, to that I, naivety. I forgot to mention that when I introduced you, I, I just kind of glossed over the name of your company. So you so you so uh, and. <laughs> Sorry, I should and, I should make yeah, a I should you need to put the hat, hat on, right? on. You need to put the hat on. I, I don't know that this will be a video episode, but you do have a Delta Tech hat. There yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Um, yeah, you got it. That's, that's good. good. Yeah. So oh, yeah, look, and the tech. the A is like a like a Derek. Exactly. Yeah, Delta Delta Tech with the A is a Derek. So Delta Tech Global. Yeah, that's that, right. Yeah, because nobody wants Delta Tech local. We want <laughs> we, we want Delta Tech global. So we're gonna get back to what what you're doing with the company. But so anyway, you you so you're you're a drilling engineer, and you said I'm gonna start a I'm gonna start a tech company, um, and that was what did you say seven years ago? 2015. Yeah, yeah. Coming up. Oh yeah. To, what, coming up. To 2015. We we refer to that. Sorry. That year, 2015, we refer, I've said this before on the show, but we refer to that as the year of drinking lunches. Because, <laughs> because if you were already, uh, like in my case, I was already with a little tech company that was, was trying to gain some traction, right? Make some momentum. And, uh, and 2015 happened and it was just everything. And, I, you know, I, I assume it was like this in other places, but here in Houston, there was there was really like when I said there was nothing to do but go to lunch and drink. There, there was nothing to do but go to lunch and tr- nobody was nobody. You know, you could get some meetings with people, but nobody was going to buy anything. And I mean, I, I even tried to give stuff away sometimes, but people were so afraid of what was happening in the industry that, um, like, I remember having a conversation with somebody at, at one of the large independents here in town, and I and I was telling her, I said, okay, well, we'll do this for you for free because I just want to stay engaged. And she said, I don't have any money. And I said, yeah, I, I got that part, but like, I'll do it for you for free. And she said, I don't have any money. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. No one has any money. I'm just, you know, but otherwise we're just sitting around and going, you know, anyway. So, so in the middle of that, you decided to start a company is, yeah, is, that, yeah. is the point that yeah. I'm getting at. Yeah. Like, I mean, I so, could have drunk breakfast, lunch and dinner. I needed to, I needed to drink a lot during that, yeah. that first couple of years. But for a different, different reasons. So right. kind of, so, so really it was, so I've talked to other people who have done that, who did something around the same time. And, and the first thought is, holy cow, that's crazy to start to try to start a, a oil field tech company in the middle of that mess. But on the other hand, if you've ha- if you can pull the funding together, it's really not a bad time to start because because w- you don't have anything to sell yet anyway. So uh, you know you might as well use that time to build something, right? 
Precisely. And, and, and blow all of your money, right? Which is what I did. So yeah, <laughs> right, prototyping, yeah. you know, yeah. testing and all of that. So uh, yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's what I did for a while, right? And uh, uh, also a whole heap of IP uh, that you got to do in the background. So yeah, it was it was a year, it was a couple of years of precisely that, you know, getting right. the foundations laid for what's ultimately going to become your, your, your product and your solution. Yeah, sure. So yeah, you're right, and and actually there was you know given the kind of state of the industry and the economy back then, there was actually um, you know quite a few uh, pretty reasonably attractive funds that you know you didn't have to kind of you know sell a whole bunch of, of, of equity at that stage. You know you could could actually prop yourself up with a with a whole bunch of kind of grants to try and innovate and try and make the industry yeah. better. So, yeah, sure, sure. So from that respect, it actually worked out um, like it, it was a pretty pretty good couple of years, and you know I met my 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 now business partners then, and you know they invested and uh, came on board, and they you know very significant industry veterans um, whom have yeah. done this process a whole bunch of times before, um, and yeah we we put the foundations in place, and like you said, you got to give it away the first time. We uh, that's 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 how we kind of got our first uh, trial application, um, and we put a cementing technology because there's actually two parts to Delta Tech. There's, there's a business within a business almost. We have right. um, the cementing part, which we, which is all hinged around our Secure uh, technology, which is our proprietary um, stabbed in in a string cementing system, which uh, which uh, which we designed primarily initially for subsea well construction. So um, say, say that again for the uninitiated. Uh, stamp, stamped in. What was, what was, what was sta- stabbed in in a string, right? Stabbed so, so, in. So yeah, for the for the um, like the real layman, when you're drilling a, a brand new uh, subsea well from you know virgin seabed, you know right. you're, you're you're typically going down with your jet string in your first instance with a drill bit out the bottom, and then you you jet your your your, your primary string, and then you'll drill ahead. Um, right. You'll you know bore that virgin earth to us to a certain depth and and once you've you've recovered that drill string you'll then insert a uh, casing string steel pipe mm-hmm. into that that borehole and one way or another you'll try and get cement down the middle and up around the outside uh in order for you to kind of you know put the right foundation in place or you know isolate the right zones but oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. typically typically what they'll do because the uh because the the casing string is getting deployed to, to mudline which might be thousands of feet away from from the sea surface you've got to deploy it on a recoverable tool um and that means that there's there's like a, a, a fixity of length from that running tool to the bottom of the casing pipe that's getting getting run into the into the hole, and that means that you know what they typically do is they'll run an internal pipe shorter than that, yeah, um, which which gives a void underneath that that internal pipe to the bottom of the casing, which isn't as efficient as doing it fully stabbed into the bottom of the pipe, which is what they do on shore and on platforms. And what we came up with at Delta Tech was basically the technique to bring that optimized technique of cementing from onshore and platforms to the subsea uh, well construction market. And that's our our kind of primary uh, technology service that we call Secure. So why, so why, if it's better then, um, by the way, I, I don't know if you, you know, if you ever need like a, like a side hustle, have you thought about, uh, narrating like nature documentaries? Cause I, I feel like <laughs> the way that you just made like cementing sound very like exciting. Uh, I think you could do that for the most boring nature documentaries that anybody might be, uh, might be filming. But, um, what, why, <laughs> why, 
Can't you I, you I, can I hear sit it. around my kitchen like and I've got the, these kids <laughs> running around everywhere. It feels like a nature yeah, documentary every day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and so, so why? Um, so 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 going back to the why do we do it this way? If if the onshore method uh, is so much better, how come how come they weren't doing that offshore in the in the first place? Yeah, great question, Michael. And that's what you know, a whole heap. I, I'm of, I'm, uh, I'm known for my question months. asking techniques. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 so, uh, yeah, why? Why didn't they do it like, like this before, right? Well, yeah. the, there was always that, that subtle uh, challenge of, you know, you've got an exact length of, of casing when you're doing it in a subsea environment, whereas on an onshore well or a platform well, you can always just cut the, the length of the pipe after the cement job because you're going to be sticking the wellhead in the, the, the dry environment where you're, you're able to operate at the well bay. But subsea, yeah. it's not like that. So there's a, there's a clear difference between the two. And because you've got that exact length, you know, you'll have that exact length of pipe, 1,612 point, you know, whatever it is, feet long. It's not practical to really space that internal string out for that optimized cement job when you have that exact length when you're running. Now, people had tried. Um, you know, I did hear of, of people, you know, sending out baskets and baskets of different lengths of of of, of, of small internal <laughs> drill pipe right to try and exact yeah. the match try this this one no not that one what about this one no not that one yeah it's perfectly impractical but but what we came yeah. up with uh, was, was basically a um, like a telescopic mechanism which has an integral clutch feature with a uh, a uh, like a seal adapter that that stings and stabs into the the casing shoe, which is basically the bottom of that that piece of pipe that you can ultimately cement in place. So, so our bottom hole assembly, which goes inside of the the pipe when you cement it, um, facilitates that optimized stabbed in cement job that previously wasn't possible uh, in a subsea capacity. I I feel like. Um I could probably ask you to explain that again, but I think I got the gist of it. I got, I got, I got the gist. So, uh, so here's the interesting thing. Um, uh, well, wh well, I have, I have two questions. One, and I don't know which one I want you to answer first, but uh, the first thing I'm imagining is anytime somebody uh, does something like this in the, in this industry, there's a tendency to, uh, you, you present it to somebody and they go, that'll never work. That's never going to work. <laughs> And and then they and then they usually say something like, "See, you don't understand that, right?" So did you did you run into that? Uh, that did, did was it was it hard to persuade people that maybe you know maybe you'd come up with a way of doing this? Yeah, and uh, I recall distinctly some of those early conversations that we were having as we were uh, you know trying to market the technology. In the first yeah, sometimes instance. your own people tell you this will never work, right? <laughs> so, yeah. so. Yeah, family yeah. excluded, right? But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, this but, is uh, never going to work. Yeah, but the uh, yeah, we, we certainly felt, uh, you know, a fair bit of resistance around the, the industry and still do. You know, we've done tens of these runs in def different markets around, around the world now with, you know, a terrific reliability track record that rivals even the technology that's been, you know, around for decades. So, uh, you know, we know yeah. it works now, but even then it's still, you know, there's a whole raft of individuals and organizations and uh, areas of the world where, the, you know, this, they still will say, nah, this won't work. And, you know, we've got, we've got 
we've actually built a whole bunch of other technologies around that base technology and much more intuitive and, and easy for laymen to understand, you know, understand the one in particular one, which is super cool and very simple. Uh, we call quick cure and this just builds on our, on our base technology. But basically what we've, uh, what we've got the patent for, and we actually just recently got, got awarded the U S patent for this, um, uh, is, is the, the technique of after you finish the primary cement job, we can flush an internal heat sweep into the pipe. And, you know, I'm sure everybody everybody understands mixing cement for, you know, laying patios or or building or whatever it is. It's it's like chalk and cheese when you're doing that in hot weather and you're doing that or you're doing that in cold weather, right? Like, I mean, right now it's 100 degrees outside. So if you're mixing a little bit of uh, cement yeah, yeah. for your patio, you've not got long before that stuff sets up on you, right? Whereas no, if it's, yeah, yeah, you gotta you got to hustle, yeah. you got to get after it, man. you got to get after it. Whereas if it's cold, you know, you've got a whole heap more time to, you know, take yourself a little coffee yeah. break or whatever it is before it sets up on you. And exactly the same principle applies downhole in well construction, right? And subsea at the mudline, it's freezing cold. Like, I mean, you're talking about Yeah, like I was going to say, it's never, it's never warm there. So, yeah, yeah. Freezing. Yeah. So getting cement to set up is a real challenge, right? Because it's freezing cold. Whereas our technology... Wet. <laughs> and wet, right? But yeah. our, our technology, what, what we do is uh, we we and we've done this, you know, a raft of times, including in the deep water Gulf of Mexico, with great success. After the primary cement job, we can introduce a heat sweep internal to the pipe, and that temperature goes into the cement slurry to rapid cure it, and yeah. we get yeah. like you know because there's always waiting on cement time because you've got to hold the thing or you've got to, there's actually legislation in the US that says you've got to have a certain compressive strength in your slurry before you're allowed to drill ahead even so you yeah. know there's always waiting time um, and there's risk if you, if you don't wait right because your slurry's not set whereas our technology it it, it lets you add heat to the slurry without changing the recipe and it gets you to rapid cure right and even that technology which is super intuitive we still have uh, individuals that you know kind of uh, or, or organizations that that sort of say nah, i don't think it'll work and you know you so you do come across that challenge yeah sure even even with field proven tech so i like this i like this term heat sweep heat sweep sounds pretty cool what um <laughs> so without without giving away any uh, proprietary uh, secrets like how how exactly what what, what what produces the heat sweep? How do you how do you get heat down there? Sure, yeah, yeah, sure. So so normally when you when you're doing a cement job, you'll you'll displace that cement job. You'll pump it down into where it's got to go with some seawater, right? Because hey, you're offshore, plenty. Yeah, there's you got, tons you got of seawater. Sea right. You, yeah. you got you got a couple of couple of jugs of that, right? So so what we do when we do our quick cure technology, uh, our heat sweep technology, is on the rig, we will prepare that that heat sweep, which is ultimately just warmed up seawater. Uh, and we've done it ah. a couple, couple of ways. You know, right. we'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, we've, we've used a steam generator in the early days, but actually what giant, we do, Giant electric kettle, maybe. I know. Yeah, you know yeah, every yeah. every English it. home has a has an electric kettle on, we need the, it. on the- We love yeah, our yeah. tea. Yeah, we have one at our house too. I, there's, it's one, of the, one, of the, one of the great things I learned in London was you should always have one of those. So, um, so, so you actually heat the water. So you're on, so you're on the vessel and uh, you're heating water. That's exactly it. It, yeah, seems, so it. it seems so obvious. It seems so obvious. How did how how did nobody? I guess sometimes you just don't. I mean, it, it, are you able to heat water with uh, the the kind of the existing uh, infrastructure on the vessel, or do you, you got to bring in a giant uh, microwave? What? what, what <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> 
<laughs> now we'll leave the kettles onshore for all yeah. of you tea drinkers. But uh, what we do is we use exactly that, the existing infrastructure that's out there. So like typically on the vessel, you've always got drilling fluids that need to go through the high pressure manifolding, mm. you know, sure, just to get sure. them to shear and get them to, to you know, right, like right. A, uh, go into a, into a good sort of saturation and the like. So, um, what we use is just that incumbent manifolding that's available on the on the, the drilling rig on the vessel, and just by basically pumping seawater through the, the the sort of shear guns that are incumbent on on the rig, the the temperature just rises. So you know you can get up to 180, 190 degrees F seawater just by using a pump and cycling it uh, on on itself, putting some pressure in in the line through a, an, an orifice yeah. basically. So yeah. so you don't have to bring anything special. You make your seawater nice and warm, and then when you finish the cement job, we you know, part of our proprietary technology is that we actually isolate the open hole, and that's a key parameter because if you don't, you kind of you're going to ruin your primary cement job, which is not what you want to do. So um, isolate. Yeah, I was going to ask you this because so far everything you've described is stuff people could have done already if they'd have just thought of it. So um, although it never hurts to patent that, but um, <laughs> but. But but now we're getting to the to the technology part, right? So so you're what did you say? You're isolating the uh, the 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 hole, basically the open hole. And, and you're right. Hole. This this is then you know you're getting into the meat and the potatoes of uh, of the Delta Tech kind of IP technology suite here, because that's that's a fundamental part of the the whole kind of business. Is that you know what we do, uh, proprietary of everybody else, is we isolate that open hole, which is where the primary cement job is, with with a pressure seal, and then we'll open up a uh, an internal circulation path and that's how we then place the heat sweep internally and you know you know yourself i know this is a steel right i'm holding a coke can but if right. you've got a you know a metal and you've got something hot inside of it pretty damn quickly it's going to yeah, be hot quick. on the outside yeah, of it yeah yeah same yeah. principle applies i've got some hot fluid on the inside the hot uh, the, the heat will transfer quickly through that uh, metal wall into the slurry sheath which is where you want the heat and that's oh, where yeah, you then yeah. you then you then get that um, that benefit on you know cement setting at, uh, in a in a warm environment is substantially more efficient than in a cold environment. Yeah, I, I love this. This is I love this story because um, so in today's uh, swirl of innovation being focused on you know digital computing and all the things that everybody's trying to do with data and and analyst and, and algorithms and things like this right um, whenever we talk about innovation in this industry uh, you know it, it kind of everybody's head people sort of gravitate toward thinking about those things kind of exclusively and what we forget sometimes and I, this is kind of a soapbox for me occasionally but what we forget is that there's um, it wasn't until recently in the oil and gas industry that when you said technology, people necessarily thought of computers, right? <laughs> it was, it was, we, we had, we had this concept of innovation and technology, particularly in the drilling world. Um, you know, uh, when somebody invented whatever the next generation of a, of a bit was right when 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 whoever it was at Hughes or whatever um like that was technology that was like when we said technology when this industry when people said technology um they didn't always necessarily mean what was happening on the computers and we kind of we kind of forget about that sometimes uh that the innovation you know the the oil and gas has been innovating for a long time and a lot of the innovation is in the kinds of things that you're that you're describing so um anyway i 
I had no real purpose for saying that other than that. I, I think, I think hey, Michael, that is, it's good to know that that type of innovation is still being done by the, the next generation of people, right? You know, and you're so right because it sort of, it, it triggered a nice little memory actually from very, very, very early in the business, 2016 or so. One of our, one of my financial backers insisted that I would went to MIT on Bill Orlett's uh, entrepreneurial development program. Uh, and I, and I, I said to them, I was like, no way. Like, I mean, this is for this, this, this program's for technology entrepreneurs. You know, I'm not a technology entrepreneur. That, that's for, that's for people doing blockchain and, you know, Bitcoin yeah, goes right, right, that, right over my head. I haven't got a clue about any of that sort of stuff. Right. Yeah. I am a, I'm a steel and seals guy, you know? Right, right, <laughs> and, right. And right. my, my initial perception was, no, no, this isn't technology. But like you say, when you get into the guts of it and you realize actually what we're doing here is we are solving people's challenges through innovative concepts and that is technology right so yeah yeah you're, it is. you're right my, my mindset's changed over the years to, to kind of get toward that place yeah yeah we were um yeah we, we've been uh we've been we've been doing technology you know i guess for for long, long before people started plugging in computers but um what, so what do you so what do you think um, in the drilling world today? And I know that you guys. I think I saw some stuff that said you know you got a cup you got this product out and there was another one and you got more products on the way. What do you think is um, um, so as all of these uh, different uh, you know you know like I said this swirling clouds of innovation everywhere. What do you see? Wh- what is wh- what's going to have the biggest impact? Uh, I mean, obviously, we're still going to be drilling for oil, right? In fact, we just—I just talked about on the last episode how, uh, you know, Shell that the uh, the veto project in the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, lo and behold, there's there's still very large off, offshore uh, uh, new development projects being sanctioned and and funded. Um, not that we aren't doing all that nice energy transition stuff, but it's good to know that we are still doing the main thing uh, because because people need to have energy. Like, like I said, pretty much every day. So yeah, we, we need hats uh, and stuff, right? We, and we need hats. So what? Um, so so the first thing is good news: the world of drilling isn't going away. Um, what does it look like? Like what? Do you, as you're looking out and saying, what else can I do for for the world of drilling engineers? What what do you? How, how does that world changing? You think in the next? You know, in the foreseeable future? Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's nice. Uh, so. Um, what I saw when we were, you know, plodding along for a couple of years at forty, fifty, sixty dollars a barrel was a a genuine kind of uh, you know appetite for trying stuff, something, something new, something different. Yeah, because yeah. There, there was there was there was a, there was a you know there was an onus put on uh, operational delivery teams, you know, to make projects viable and sanctioned and right, you know right. economic at those kind of rates, right? So. Uh, I, I sincerely uh, hope that you know that that kind of doesn't go away because uh, you know I, th- I think we're going to be at this you know increased hydrocarbon price for a, for a little while. Um, right. So you know I, I, so so you know but I, I kind of feel like we've got that that impetus. Uh, yeah, as a, as I think the attitudes now. the attitudes are different now because even though the price yeah. is back up to a hundred bucks, the the fiscal discipline I think it can't go away because of because uh, you know of the price. Like I don't think we can go back to the wild west where people say I don't care how much it just co- it costs, just get it built as soon as we can. So assuming that doesn't happen, because if that does happen, then my show becomes less interesting. You probably 
probably have no, you back to you go back to the year of drinking lunches and, and and there's nothing to talk about. But assuming that doesn't happen, where do you think they focus their their attentions? Uh, yeah, in yeah. Drilling? And, and like I mean, we, we've got a technology pipeline in Delta Tech, right? Where we've got some you know near term uh, opportunities, which which are all again hinged around our kind of base technology suite uh, within the cementing part of the business. Um, which which are really going to kind of change the whole deep water uh, subsea um, well architecture, well construction architecture philosophy. So, again, using the same technology, what we can actually do is um, we can use buoyancy to reduce the, the overall kind of uh, hook load, um, which is how much the whole thing right, weighs. Right. We've got we've got some technology which um, we call flow cure, right? So it's you're using basically you know two or three thousand uh, feet of um, uh, air within the pipe that you're you're running to give yourself some buoyancy. So what would typically be like a two point two two point three million uh, hook load on on, on installing your, your surface casing, you know we can bring that down by like seven eight hundred thousand million pounds which means that you're able to actually install your surface casing uh, much, much deeper into the earth, which is going to have a massive, massive impact on how people construct uh, subsea, subsea wells. Because typically, you know, you'll, you'll do this mm. kind of iterative process of drilling, uh, a, drilling a hole, casing it off. Going in with a smaller assembly, drilling a bit deeper, casing that off, and you'll, right. you'll iterate that process right until you get down to the hydrocarbon reservoir when you want to get to. And you know, deep water Gulf of Mexico, you might be talking doing of doing that sort of seven, eight times in, in some instances yeah. before you get there. But what you can do with with the technology that I mentioned there, float cure, which is Delta Tech C cure technology with buoyancy, uh, is you can set that surface casing shoe so much deeper that it gives you that head start on your casing strings, right? So what might have been seven string uh, uh, oil mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. you might be right. able to get that down to like, you know, four or five strings. And a key technology which I can foresee as being, um, you know, going hand in hand for that is is what one of the oil majors over there is really kind of embracing. And I'm really impressed with the way that they've taken this on with one of the major drilling contractors. Uh, and that is that is controlling the level of the drilling fluid inside of the marine riser so that you actually influence the, the bottom hole uh, hydrostatics mm. um, through a controlled mud, mud line level rather than a, a traditional managed pressure system. Uh, which which involves a um, like a rotating packer at the much closer to the vessel, and that technology. Uh, I don't want to mention yeah. names, right? I don't want to get like pulled up yeah. for some yeah, agreements yeah. I've probably signed somewhere in my days, which I haven't had a time to read. But yeah. you know that that technology, I'm sure if people are listening and they'll they'll you know yeah, be, yeah. they'll, they'll yeah. know precisely what I'm talking about. And that for me is just beautiful technology. Again, it's it's around that same kind of ethos like the Delta Tech technologies built. It's simple and value adding precisely what what we do so what's the what is the business impact of these things um four or five strings instead of seven strings uh controlling the uh, with all that stuff you just said about the the traditional what uh, what what does it mean in terms of are we talking about um like like shorter like reducing time to production are we talking about like reducing uh like like in the big the big 
the big block kind of objectives that companies have, whether it's, you know, like reducing the cycle time or improving safety or the environment or like what all the, the like, what, what are you, what, are you what, what aspect of the business are you impacting here with this sort of thing? Yeah. And, you know, f- first up, you know, bottom line cost. Is, is straight up yeah. there, you know, one of one of the obvious kind of impacts. Turns out, know. turns out that's still important. <laughs> <laughs> Some people like, care, right? <laughs> like it's like like all the all this ESG and everything else is fun, but uh, if we can't produce economically, then it's all it's all academic, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Precisely. But 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 within that, you know, all of those kind of things that you have to mention, you know, risk <laughs> being one, you know, yeah. ri- risk is directly. Uh, relatable to cost because you know if something happens yeah. one in every you know ten times that you try and it costs you a million dollars, you know there's there's easily a hundred thousand dollars attributable to eliminating that risk, right? So sure. you know I think sure. through some of these technologies you uh, you know mitigate risk. You know that that is a direct contributor to improving you know bottom line performance. Yeah, and in in the case of the, so in, in this particular uh, domain. In these disciplines, um, risk is really uh, schedule risk in a lot of cases, right? Um, I think because there's different types of risk, right? Like there's the initial risk that you're going to drill a dry hole. So presumably at this point we're we're beyond that. We've already done the exploration well and all that, right? Um, um, and then there's risk that you know there's risk of failure and risk of uh, you know things. But in this case, you know when you're talking about these very large capital projects, the risk is that it's going to take too long, which equates to costing too much, right? Right. So you're reducing. If I'm if I'm like if I'm grasping this stuff that you're talking about, these are the intricacies of, of drilling that a lot of times, if you're not in that world, you know, we don't always appreciate, but I would imagine these things can have a pretty big swing on, you know, whether this is a $3 billion project or a three and a half billion dollar project or or when it's going to, and the longer it takes for it to to produce, of course there's costs associated with that. Is that, do I get that right? Yeah. I'd say say you're on the money there, Michael, right? Because yeah, there are some major, major risk events, which if you can mitigate, you know, again, you're going to, you're going to, like you say, it's going to, it's going to materially impact the overall economics of the project, which is going to make, you know, potential field sanction viable or versus non-viable. Right. So, you know, the other, the other part of this is, is that, you know, as a hydrocarbon industry, you know, we're always going to need to deliver hydrocarbon. You know, there are a whole, you know, swathe of, uh, of groups that kind of have this this aspiration and vision that, you know, we can do without hydrocarbon. But, you know, they sure. they, they lie about a whole bunch of other stuff. As we'll, well, let, sure. we'll let them do it go first. They can be the first ones to do without right. it. And, yeah. then, and, then, and then once it works, once they got it working, then we'll just we'll just follow behind. <laughs> Come give me a call, man. Come give me a call. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know if they're ever going to want to, you know, do a travel adapter or something. I'm not sure what else I've got on my desk here, a mouse mat, you yeah, know. Mouse. But, there's a whole bunch of stuff we're going to definitely need hydrocarbons for, and ultimately, yeah. what we're going to do, you know, delivering that is, is, is doing it through, uh, you know, more economical and lower cost, lower risk projects, which these technologies are ultimately going to, you know, offer to, well, construction, um, and you know, the windmills and the solar panels and the, you know, all of the other bits sure. and pieces. You know, th- th- there's going to be a cost to delivering those 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 energy platforms. Um, but as a hydrocarbon industry, the more we can embrace technology to lower the unit cost of, of delivering the, those projects, the more competitive hydrocarbons are, right? Because, yeah, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, the, the less impact we have on, on the globe, I think everybody's on board with, the better. You know, if you can sure. still get unit, you know, mouse mat and unit, 
uh, this, but it just means that you're not impacting the environment as much. Yeah. You know, I don't think that there'd be many people that say, oh, I'd prefer to impact the environment more. I don't think that's the case, <laughs> right? But, not uh, typically, not typically. Yeah, okay, so... Um, uh, all right. So I, I'm, I'm watching the time here. I know we want to, sure. we want to not, uh, and plus it's, it's, um, it's probably, well, it, it's probably not bedtime for you yet, but it's probably, it's probably getting close. Um, what, what uh, I, I'm, so I've been saying something here, uh, to people, um, you know, in various conversations and people nod their heads. Uh, but you know, it's like, uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes I think people just agree with me because, you know, cause they, because they disagree, but um, my 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 hypothesis is that we're going to see. Uh, well, I mean, we're already seeing it. We're already seeing exploration come sort of back into fashion again, right? It wasn't. It wasn't so much. So much there hasn't been. There hasn't been so much, and I know that where you're working is a little bit uh, is a little down the path from that. But without exploration, there's a lot less. You know, like your world becomes less interesting, right? So, um, so do you have a do you have a so as somebody who's out there innovating to help people drill, uh, you know, better offshore wells um your your sales pipeline essentially comes from the world of, of exploration right um exploration and appraisal uh, are, are you seeing is it heating up is it is it is there more activity there that you think there's going to be more sanctioned products uh i mean i know i know you're probably hoping so but is that is that what you're seeing yeah, yeah, and uh, I was really hoping you were going to say something that I could just have uh, been the devil's advocate and said, "No, man, I disagree." But I have to say, <laughs> Michael, I, uh, I, I I agree with you on reluctantly on this instance, right? But uh, um, <laughs> but at least you have a so but you have an authoritative <laughs> perspective. That's why that's why I'm I'm curious because so here's what's happening. I'm projecting myself into your shoes, and I would say, okay, if 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 Delta Tech were my c- company, I would damn sure want to know that uh, the, the 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 world of exploration is going to not be uh kind of like bumping along like it has been the last few years because otherwise you know i'm kind of running out like i have no pipeline so um so i guess i guess i guess that's that's where i was that's where i was coming from yeah sure and like i mean hey when i look at h122 um you know we've delivered to um, you know, a whole bunch of projects along the well life cycle, right? Starting with some exploration work we're in Norway, where we've been doing some work for, um, you know, the major operator over there, um, which is trying to find new hydrocarbons. Heard of those guys, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the way through to, you know, kind of repeat brownfield development drilling, you know, slinging holes into producing okay, sure. reservoirs that have been, you know, giving hydrocarbon to us for, 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 for you know, a whole bunch of years already. So our that, kind of technology point. fit does work for basically wherever you're sort of drilling a, 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 a yeah. well. Okay, because um, I was really thinking, because as you've been talking about this, I was really just thinking Greenfield, right? Um, but I guess there is a um, – so, so people – so there's a benefit, um, even though the, the well's already been drilled and everything else. I mean, I guess I don't, I don't, the casing's already there. Everything like, what do you, I, what do you, what do you do if it's a brownfield? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how, what, what, what do you do with that? Yeah, sure. So like, I mean, typically if you, if you've got like a, you know, watered out well or something that's not producing you any hydrocarbon you know you got some options you know will you go in and intervene on that maybe do a sidetrack to somewhere else in the reservoir or is it actually more 
maybe right. it's more cost effective actually just to plug and abandon that one and just go and stick a brand right. new well somewhere else in that reservoir which in is the same, more, yeah, yeah. more cost effective to go and do and you just tie that back to the existing infrastructure so those typically those projects are actually kind of the more economically attractive ones there's already a whole heap of infrastructure in there which you know typically kind of yeah, pay yeah. back um, and actually going and sling it in a couple of wells is, uh, is is pretty low cost compared to a whole greenfield project um, yeah so, yeah. so yes, yeah, so we're seeing a whole bunch more of that kind of activity. Um, subsea tiebacks, right? That's what, that's what yeah, we're seeing sure. a whole, bunch, yeah, a whole yeah, bunch of. Yeah. Um, yeah, you might okay. be seeing sort of break-evens down in like 30, 35 bucks a barrel down there, which, you know, it's, it's a compelling value proposition at, you know, when you're selling the stuff for 100 plus bucks a barrel. Um, so, yeah, and that's where our technology kind of comes in even more, right? Because if you're saving, you know, we will save upwards of 12, 16 hours on every string that we that we do with our technology. So, you know, we might, across a three-well batch, save three days of, of, of time for that operator on, say, 100,000 yeah, okay. barrels of producing asset. That's an extra $3 million to, to, their, to their bottom line by using Delta Tech technology. Yeah, and this is, okay, so, yeah, my head, I hadn't really gone there thinking about it, but, because um, I guess we started talking about about yeah, in the context of uh, of new development offshore, but sure, if you're at brownfield, if you're doing tiebacks, whatever the case, um, um, now you're in a scenario where you're already kind of going like back to the orange and trying to squeeze more juice out of it, right? So any sort of uh, any sort of uh, even even minor uh, efficiency uh, is going to have has a, a proportionally larger impact on the on the results of the, the film, right? So yeah, yeah good, incremental good. gains, yeah. Yeah, it's a big it's a big deal. Whereas you know <clears throat> the big projects, you know there's there's plenty of money and you know a few dollars here and there. Nobody nobody worries too much. So all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Although I think that's changing too. Um, by the way, that our friends in Norway are the other ones that are working with Shell on that uh, on that big the new Gulf of Mexico project. It, it was in the news. It was I read it in the Wall Street Journal, so it's not like it's a secret. Be true. Um, yeah. But I love it because uh, it, it, it does have to be true. Well, and the and the, the all the fabrication manufacturing has happened right here in, in Texas. Uh, I forget which town where they're on the coast where they're doing all the build out. But it, it's good to see. Um, um, I, I'm happy to know that you've got uh, what sounds like a like a, a thriving business because it means, or at least you got plenty of opportunity. Um, you know, um, uh, whether whether you're screwing it up or not is a whole other a whole other <laughs> question. <laughs> but but, but you doing have, right. you're doing it right. So uh, you have a lot of opportunity, uh, which is great for you. And uh, it, and you sound like you got a lot of technology in the right time at the right place. But also it means that in our industry, like I said earlier, we're still doing the main thing. And we're not, we haven't completely lost our minds and diverting all of our, all of our funds and activities to other things that don't, uh, don't make, um, what, what was that you held up before? Uh, power? Power, uh, travel adapter yeah i'm See, hoping uh, to get it, back to this stuff soon yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm back on planes and trains now <laughs> back about, all right so um all right we're, we're probably gonna wrap it up what else uh if there is there anything that you uh that's just burning on your like brain you gotta like i, I really wanted to talk about this or mention something and and uh you, you got 15 seconds go no i'm just all right man <laughs> take <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> What else? What else? Uh, what else is cool that uh, people might want to want to hear about? 
Yeah, well, like, I mean, I know I said probably whatever it was about 35, 40 minutes ago that there's two parts to Delta Tech, and I've told you all about the cementing part, which is awesome oh, because, yeah. what, what you is know, the we're, uh, <laughs> we, because the cement, just to wrap up the cementing part, like, I mean, you know, we're really grateful that the, the sort of local community in Houston has, has, has recognized how awesome the, the, the cementing heat technology yeah, is because yeah. we've actually been awarded a speak, technical speaking slot with the SP at the ATCE conference. So uh, we've got a, we'll be over at the, the George, George Brown Convention center in october doing a technical presentation on the cementing part with uh, the the operator that that ran us in deep water gulf of mexico last year which is awesome but we've got another technology so so uh, so pause on yeah, that uh, so when you're when you're here in houston for the event in october uh keep in touch and uh so sometimes what we do is we'll go out and we'll do like a live podcast like at an event yeah, um great. so it would be great to do and we and we can bring the the video and everything we do a video episode and so if you've got uh anything uh are you just speaking or do you have a do you have like a uh an exhibit yeah, we'll, we'll have a presence that we'll have a presence i'll make yeah, sure to wear, wear yeah. my hat as well we so. wear the hat wear the hat so and we can do a uh we can do a we can do a live podcast and and it's always more fun when people get to see all right the second part of delta tech sure yeah so the second part of delta tech is is a real nice tech piece of technology for the gulf of mexico where you'll get a whole bunch of loop currents right you get a you get yeah, these, sure. these like swathes of water that flow at phenomenal speeds and you know when you're trying to stick nice sensitive uh, pieces of subsea architecture through that it can yeah, cause yeah. a whole raft of problems so yeah. we've got a technology which basically totally eliminates the the challenge associated with running uh casings through these 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 loop currents oh, yeah. um, so what so weather you're talking about weather windows right you so weather windows, bit, right. yeah 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 so you can so you can uh, because you typically they have to um <clears throat> and i remember uh i i used to know a guy who was bit, i forget what they call him but he worked for ExxonMobil and he was um uh, he was a friend of a friend, so that's why I kind of lost track of him. But but he was the guy who did. He was like a weatherman, but for under the water. Right. That was his job, right? I forget what he, what he was called exactly, but he was like the weather guy under there. And then and then he's he's basically doing the forecast to tell the the crew when they can and can't do things. So this yeah, is this okay. is what you're talking about, right? Precisely right. Because when when I guess your 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 buddy at Exxon, the weatherman, subsea said, "Watch out, there's going to be a bad." <laughs> current coming yeah. through or whatever it is typically what the rig would have to do and the vessel would have to do in those scenarios is they you know in order to run the the casing safely they'd maybe sail you know a good few miles up shore you know upstream sorry of of where they yeah. ultimately need to be to to install that and then they'll do what's called drift running that that casing <laughs> string you know which, so so <laughs> which sounds like a joke almost but it, yeah. <laughs> but it's it sounds like um it, like it sounds like like somebody's doing it on a bet or a dare right but <laughs> but <laughs> but it really is what they do uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 it really is what they do now now what we've got we've got a really simple piece of technology which which le- lets you kind of hold on to this these uh, these casing strings at depth uh, without fear of them ba- basically being shaken to destruction, which has happened once or twice, um, because hmm. the the currents you know totally can can batter these things. Um, and we've got a technology called Articuloc, which is an articulating hmm. joint, so basically like a ball and socket joint, right? So mm-hmm. it's uh, you know it takes away all of the bending moment uh, at certain points where you run them in the uh, in the in the landing string, right? So it means that. Um, you know, you can hold on to strings offline and, you know, you can have a whole, whole heap of current coming through whilst you're working uh, main, okay, and crit- yeah. main and auxiliary on the rig. And it can open up those weather windows to, you know, save days and days of time whilst also reducing risk, which I guess yeah. comes full circle to what we were speaking yeah, about earlier. 
Yeah. So in other words, so you've got basically you're you're at the top end of the whole thing. You're providing enough give, and uh, is this is what you're saying. So it so rather than it being locked stationary at the top end, that's what causes the bending and the breaking and everything. So now so now your top end is kind of moving around. It's like giving it some some. Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah. That, we, we've yeah, actually yeah. we've actually run you know a couple of these pieces of technology in the string so that you can remove the bending moment and bending loads at oh, various okay. points. Okay, so not so just can, at the at the top, just not just where you're holding it, but all along the way you can. The way. Uh, yeah, cool. What what yeah, so. Sir. So um, I uh, so I, I got one more question, and then we're gonna, Go we're gonna wrap it. up. So how how do you come up with these ideas? Where, 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 <laughs> so you, you start so you started this company, and you said, and I'm I'm kind of like I'm reverse engineering this discussion now. And sure. You said you said somewhere along the line you figured out if we could just fix that cementing problem, there's a whole boatload of other stuff that we could do as a result of that. <laughs> or if we could just, uh, you know what, like that whole like drift, what do you call it? Drift, uh, drift running. Yeah. yeah. Drift running. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, where, where, so, so these are very, uh, very interesting. And, and also I might add that you are, um, like you're playing in a space that has been dominated by some pretty strong players in, in the past, right. Or, or still, still is. Mm-hmm. And so, so how do you, um, like, where do these ideas come from? Yeah. And it's like, it's basically what you just mentioned there, Michael, it was literally me or, you know, whoever's in the company now, because it's not just me that comes up with this sort of stuff. Yeah. Everybody comes up with this sort of stuff, but it's, you know, it's, it's being out on rigs, out on installations and being aware of challenges, which, which clients have. And also clients bringing these challenges to us now because they, they see us as a, as an innovator, a technology developer in the oil and gas yeah, space, sure, right? So sure. they know, hell, Delta Tech, they've developed some awesome technology over the years. Man, yeah. they could probably help me out with this, this challenge, which like you say, some of the big players, um, you know, it, it's maybe just a little bit out of their wheelhouse for, you know, doing projects, you know, here, there, and whatever sure. it is. It's like, man, you got to go to a technology developer for that. And that's where we'll like, you know, step in and we'll help clients develop uh, stuff. So long as it's obviously within our space, right? We're not going to go and start, you know, coming up with whatever it is that's not relevant. But, um, you know, <laughs> Where a client's got a problem and, you know, they're willing to work with us, um, that's where you've got a, a technology business. Yeah. So. And then you can, and then you, and then, you know, and then you, you, you see certain things and you go, Hey, uh, we could productize that and it would benefit a whole bunch of people. And, um, it's, it's good because, um, I think, um, so, you know, I'm, I'm a big advocate for innovation in the industry, but oftentimes, um, innovation a lot of times the new ideas that come along are really kind of like um like all the new ideas are kind of running on a certain path we talked about this earlier with the digital stuff and a lot of the new ideas are kind of like um extensions or kind of related to other new ideas and all the new ideas are sort of like a school of fish all kind of swimming together um it sounds like what you're doing is you're just kind of sitting out there in the middle of these operations and going what out here could be done better and what could we, what could we fix? Which is, which is really like, that's real. That's cool. It's, it's, those are, those are truly new ideas. I think unless, unless you're stealing somebody else's ideas and you, we just, (laughs) we just don't know. There's some guy going out there, out there going, damn it. They did it again. That was my idea. (laughs) What I can tell you, Michael, is that the, the, the idea part of it, that that's not, that's not the, the, the challenge. The challenge is, getting somebody to actually, you know, 
pay you and commercializing <laughs> right. that idea. Right. Nobody, yeah. So another thing about the oil and gas industry, uh, so 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 the people that have been in this industry, they love for you to ask them why. Uh, they they love uh, for you to have an idea, and the other thing they love is to be the first one to try it. <laughs> that's, that's a big cue for second. That's right. <laughs> a longer cue for third. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Nobody really wants to be wants to be first. All right, that's uh, that's good. Tristam Horn, Delta Tech. Um, can can we are the hats available to order? Can we get oh, the yeah. hats? You can uh, have some there, hats, Michael. In fact, uh, I'll make sure um, that my my U.S. colleague Tyler gets you a hat. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I would love to have a hat, and we will put uh, in the show notes. We'll put uh, links to all of the good stuff that we talked about here, and um, and then when you're here in October, let's do a let's maybe do a live one over there and uh, see perfect. what all you guys are got going on. All right, I'm going to let you have your uh, your what's left of your Tuesday evening, Tristan. Thanks a lot yeah, for uh, making good. time to be on the show. Hey, hope the heat wave uh, subsides for you, Michael. See you soon. <laughs> okay, thank you. And there you have it, folks. Tristam Horn, the founder and CEO of Delta Tech, Delta Tech Global. And uh, naturally, naturally, everything's got to be global these days. And, uh, you know, that was a fun episode because it's not often. I always like to say, um, and I think I said this somewhere when Tristam and I were talking, although it's, it's been a few days, so. I don't remember, but I, I I always like to say, you know, in in the uh, in the world of in the oil and gas world, technology doesn't automatically when you say technology, it doesn't automatically always mean like digital computer stuff. What we what we call digital now, um, and uh, and there's all kinds of technology in this industry, and there was all kinds of technology before we really started doing stuff with computers. Uh, I'm sure I said that already. So the point is, uh, I'd love to I'd love to get I would love to get more of that sort of thing on the show. So if you have any ideas, then let me know. And you can always reach me, Michael at OGGN.com. If you don't want to do it the old fashioned email way, I'm pretty easy to find on LinkedIn. But if you got, if you'd say, hey, if you're thinking, you know, what about this? What about that? You know, it doesn't, and by the way, it doesn't just happen to be. doesn't just have to be upstream. Upstream doesn't get to hog all the limelight all the time. We can th- th- we can do stories about technology in uh, in all the other all the other from start to finish anywhere anywhere in the uh, what is it they say the oil and gas value chain. That's what the uh, that's what the big consultants like to call it. Anyway, um, let me know if you have any ideas. Other than that. We're going to wrap it up today, folks. And um, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else I'm supposed to tell you. I don't, you know, probably, but uh, we just did it. It's long enough. If you're still listening, thank you for listening. As always, thanks for being part of the audience and uh, for telling all your friends and relations because the audience does keep growing, so I get to keep doing this. And thanks also to the OGGN crew for all the hard work and most especially our audio fixer guy, Mr. Mac Roman, who always makes us sound fantastic and sometimes fills in for me uh, in sort of an unusual way. And remember, anytime you hear somebody... Uh-oh, I have one of those reminders going me off telling me I'm supposed to be doing something else right now. So it's it's lucky for me that uh, I'm at the end. So whenever you hear somebody saying the thing about oil and gas and backwards and not, you know, that, I don't know. Do people still say that? If they do, you got to jump in there. You got to set them straight. And you got to tell them that we were tech before tech was cool. Check us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of Oil and Gas Tech Podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.